0: of thinking a nice hue of orange looked good on me. Maybe I took the gym tan laundry thing a little too seriously back in 2010. (laughs) Maybe I deserved the nickname Hulk Hogan. Maybe I deserved the nickname soccer mom too when I first moved to Vegas. Growing up, my mom and Nana always had short curly hair. Neither of them used a curling iron in a way that would help me understand how to curl my long poker straight hair. My two best friends had long curly hair and only used hot rollers. This was the only way I knew how to curl my hair. When my hair was short, I still used the hot rollers. And that birthed this like soccer mom hairstyle. It wasn't until months into my job at Dre's that I wore my hair straight for the first time and was told by my boss to never curl my hair again. (laughs) That's also when I found out that they called me soccer mom behind my back. It never really bothered me though. Or at least if it did, no one knew it. Even all the years of being called Hulk Hogan never mattered. And I think... It's because i accepted that it was all in good fun because i was one of the guys i could take a joke and i could definitely dish it back out i'm not sure when or where my thick skin developed maybe it was all of the years of my dad asking if my knuckles bled from my arms dragging on the ground because they were so long or him saying that my feet and my nose entered a room five minutes before the rest of me or my brother asking who's your friend when i had a pimple Or my sister pointing out that I was probably adopted because they were so good looking and I wasn't. I think it's important to make light of your flaws and make fun of yourself. Otherwise, this cruel world will crush you. It's literally like walking around as a caricature drawing, enhancing all of your features. My dad always says that my nose was just like his. It's legit like a fist on his face. Then he would say, oh, my aunt was so beautiful when she was younger, just like you, but your nose continues to grow and she was so ugly when she was old. Dad, I 1000% blame you for why I had to get a nose job, but even though I accepted my physical flaws or paid to change a few of them, it was really hard to be disliked. I see it in my nieces, although they might not see it in themselves just yet, but I was once very much like them putting on this extra hard exterior that screamed, ah, I don't like you or anyone else, because I've realized it's much easier to pretend you don't like people than it is to accept that you're the one who isn't liked. But also when you're self-conscious and you believe people don't like you, people will actually not like you after started you started being a bitch pretending that you didn't like them. It's kind of exhausting. And I've talked before about my defense mechanism of being overly talkative and also extremely vulgar. Like I make men blush from the things that I say, and it's not like I'm trying to flirt or get their attention. It's just like no matter what the most vulgar responses pop into my head. Again, dad, this is thanks to you because when kids were learning, see you later alligator, I was being taught after supper motherfucker. I wouldn't have it any other way. And my closest friends probably wouldn't either. Because I know that I'm just one big ball of, oh shit, what is she going to say next? I look at every conversation, unintentionally, like it's setting me up for a slam dunk. Guy at the gym wanted to buy a cheesecake and said, oh, I don't know if I can handle the nine inch. What do you think my response was to that? Like, I don't always say it, but if I do, it most of the time slipped out, I swear but i'm lucky because hubs accepts me the way that i am and he doesn't get mad or upset by my obscene comments or gestures one of the best and most referenced Hubbs stories is the first time he met my guy best friend i went in for a dick grab or a ball tap you know one of the two and of course the guy friend is like what the fuck your husband's right there and Hubbs just looks at him and he's like just let it happen bro <laughs> or when i wore body paint and pasties for halloween and chased my boss trying to hug him Hubbs just watched and laughed some birds can't be caged or tamed. So thank you, Hubs, for understanding that I'm one of those birds. I'm a peacock, Captain. You gotta let me fly. I actually said this when I was on the guest at a, on the Well Connected podcast. Their show is so fucking awesome. And they were so awesome. And it was just literally like shooting the shit with the guys and i was so happy that they asked me to join them on the episode but seriously check them out on instagram or any of the streaming platforms um but yeah they asked me about my instagram pictures and we talked about letting the booty hole out and well simultaneously being a wife and a mom and it was a really great episode you guys should definitely check them out they're great but let's be real for a second swear words are just words and what makes them offensive or inoffensive is entirely arbitrary Swear words exist in every language and their severity is not always the same. Saying something is fucked up in English is generally much less appropriate than saying it in Brazilian or Portuguese or Spanish, whereas calling someone an asshole or a bitch is considered fairly mild in English, but much more offensive in the romance languages. This is true even with the same, within the same language. The word cunt, for example, is used often between friends joking around in the UK or Australia, but say it to most North Americans and you could be pretty sure their jaw is going to drop on the floor in fact the c word is considered by many americans as the most offensive thing you can say right now the word cunt doesn't bother me by the way obviously (laughs) the meaning of words evolve and change and therefore so does their level of offensiveness in the 17th century english occupy was considered a horribly offensive word apparently the only connotation it had at the time was the occupation of someone's vagina (laughs) now we occupy many things we occupy wall street airplane bathrooms parking spaces bus seats And of course, people's vaginas. They are a group of words or ideas that society has gotten together and designated as inappropriate or undesirable. They are words that have been designated as weapons meant to hurt someone or shame someone. They are words that are sharpened by society and ready to cut. Therefore, profanity serves as an important social purpose. It highlights what is socially accepted as normal and right, while at the same time providing words that can be occasionally deployed to shock or shame others into conformity. Swear words and sig- are signifiers of, for nonconformist thoughts, and as such, they have a tendency to shock and grab attention. And when used consciously, they have the power to challenge or even overthrow the status quo. Profane words have a direct line to our emotions. They are a spontaneous reflection of strong emotional states like anger, fear, or passion. They are also unequaled in the capacity to inflict emotional pain and incite violent disagreement. They're the words that provoke the most repressive regulatory reactions from the state in the form of censorship and legislation. In short, bad words are powerful emotionally, physiologically, and psychologically, and socially. And because profanity is powerful, it behaves differently from other types of language. It gets encoded differently in the brain. It's learned differently. It's articulated differently. It changes differently over time. And that lends its, it in the unique potential to reveal facts about our language and ourselves that we'd otherwise never imagine. So after some research, I found out that there's a scientific explanation for my vulgarity. Emotional regulation understood from a psychodynamic perspective can be traced back to Freud. Freud's theories were precursors to modern emotional regulation theories, According to Freud, there are two types of anxiety regulation. The first form of anxiety regulation stems from the reality principle of the ego when it is overwhelmed by external anxiety-inducing stimuli. According to Freud, people respond to and regulate their overtaxed ego through avoidance of the stimuli. The second kind of anxiety regulation emerges when the ego and the superego display strong impulses for emotional expression. To respond to these desires the person begins repressing them and engaging in their ego defenses which affects their emotional expression for the purpose of this research perhaps the most important aspect of the psychodynamic theory is freud's concept of catharsis freud and brewer described catharsis as the process of engaging in explicit actions for the purpose of releasing the emotional states associated with those actions thus catharsis is the primary means of emotional expression Common forms of catharsis include shouting, sobbing, crying, outbursts of anger, laughing when stressed, and using profanity. Fuck is absolutely part of my everyday, every hour, every sentence vocabulary. I do my best to censor the things I say in front of people who I think could be offended. Like, I wouldn't go to a priest and ask him, how the fuck are you? But I can speak freely in front of my grandparents because I know that they don't take offense. I remember a long time ago i had a a booty pic on facebook and my 80 something year old grandmother called me and said i was looking in the mirror today to see if my ass looked like that but it didn't (laughs) she's freaking hysterical by the way um i read an article that explained how profanity is an attention grabber you know some of my podcast names for example would you listen to they don't give a shit about you or no one cares about you dick sand or toxic relationships Some think that cursing is for attention on the person, not on what they're saying. Like they have to flex with words, like swearing is cool. But you know what wasn't cool? Was being made fun of as an adult who truly was trying to find her place in the Las Vegas club industry. An adult that was already self-conscious about the way she looked, how she didn't know how to do her makeup or her hair, how she was much taller than every other bottle girl. But to the men that used to poke fun, and you know who you are because you still fucking do it, (laughs) thank you. Because from that, plus my developing vulgarity and thankfully a glow up, I have turned into a strong and confident woman that can absolutely take a joke and can motherfucking diss you right back. My use of profanity is one of my favorite things about myself, but it's also what gets me in the most trouble. But I'll save that for another episode. You can hit me when it's over, what's up? You can hit me when it's over, what's up? So sad. So.